What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 33 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my good friends, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And the returning champion, Mr. Jack Pixelpaw Parsons. Hello, I am back. Oh my god, dad's back from his cigarette trip, guys. <laughs> how, how, how was your trip? Did you get the smokes? Uh, yeah, they didn't have my brand. What is your brand? I don't smoke. Yeah, but what would it be? I used to smoke Marlboro Lights. Oh, really? And oh. I can't remember the other one. I thought you'd have been like a Lucky Strikes or a, a Camels kind of, some Lucky, cool brand. Lucky Strikes. Yeah. What a that, what a deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> He's the old classic, the American Standard, Marlboro. I think that's what I'm going to start calling Pixel Par now, the American Standard. The American Standard. <laughs> <laughs> it does make me sound kind of cool, I'll admit. <laughs> it does. You know what, on second thought, I'm going to save that nickname for myself. (laughs) Just take it away from me then, fine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, on this week's show, we're going to be talking about Mario Maker 2, Tetris 99, and a little bit of Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm just really really happy we got you to say 99. 99! Instead of 99. (laughs) <laughs> every every time to- oh yeah, no <laughs> <word> <laughs> there you go now you'll never forget what episode it is this is uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna pull back the curtain here a little bit i often forget the episode number before we start this so to help me out steve <laughs> put it at the top of the dock in nice red font he bolded it and underlined it and then you know we were saying well, it would be great if it was some word art now pixel has 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 just created a perfect piece of of nineteen ninety eight era word art to make me remember what episode of the show it is, and I gotta say I'm appreciating ingrained in your mind now. What was your go to word art? Was the orange one your go to? I liked the blue wavy one and the one that was like two green things. It was like a green one over here, and then a, like another green one like miles away. The blue the wavy right. one was my the favorite. blue wavy one was good. And the yeah, rainbow the one was good as well. Do you remember the one that was blue and for some reason they put a red kind of 3D background on it that just looked yes. horrific? <laughs> it was horrible. The other thing we used to do when we were kids and we were in school, we'd go to these websites and you could like make GIF text and it would like be like fiery letters or glittery words and stuff like that. I can't remember what it was called. And then you get you get the uh, embed code. You yeah, and you put it in. Put it on your MySpace. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wow. Those are the days. So for more conversation about early internet culture, you can go check out our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, which we do every week and post on Mondays. While we're at the plugs, I'm going to remember to do them this week. So before we get into talking about what we're playing, if you want to support the show, remember that you can give us a like on your platform of choice. We're on damn near every audio podcast hosting platform out there. If we're not on your favorite one, let us know and we'll get there. If you want to support the show in other ways, like I mentioned, you can go uh, find us on Patreon and get access to our exclusive show after dark or join us in our Discord channel where we have an exclusive patron chat. Or if you don't want to spend any money, just come join us in our Discord. It's awesome. We're there building a great community full of potsheads that love talking about Nintendo and the world of video games at large. It's a cool group of cats. If you want to come talk to all of us, you can and uh, meet some new friends. And, uh, you know, you can also go find us on YouTube, Twitch, social media. We're all over the place at Loot Pots. Uh, Go find us. Show us your support. Follow us where you want to follow us and keep up with all the cool stuff that we are doing. So, Pixel, you're back. It's been a while. What have you been playing? 
Well, I revisited Breath of the Wild, mainly because I'm doing that video on the sequel. So I've been going around and scouting out some locations. Oh, right. So I gotta I gotta say, Pixel, I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing research. Um, normally I'd bust your balls for playing an old game because you love to do that to me and Steve. But I get it. <laughs> research. It's necessary. I will say, though, um, I think it's been two times now since you announced it. Where my girlfriend Sarah's been like, so where's Pixel's video, man? You've been telling me that there's all these bombs he's gonna drop, and you know the hype, the hype. It's you know this. It's like sand through an hourglass. Did you not remember the Pokemon Sword and Shield one? I hyped that for like three <laughs> weeks before I actually finished it. It's just what I do. <laughs> to to be fair, like the first three scenes, literally three scenes in the trailer, which equates to I think about thirteen seconds at most. I've done about ten minutes on, so. It's taken a Thank while. God. <laughs> it's going to be like an hour-long Netflix documentary. I'm, I'm trying to wrap up the end of it as quick as I can, because like, there's a few key points in the trailer that are worth discussing in depth, but some of them are quite easy to skip over. Like, here's some stuff on the back of an ox saying, this is what the stuff is. You know, it's not that important. So hopefully I can finish it either today or tomorrow. That is very exciting. So it should be out by the time this episode goes. So yes, it should be out, and there'll probably, probably, probably be a link <laughs> in the whatever thing, depending on what show, you're looking at. Show notes, descriptions, yeah. There'll be a link. Click it. <laughs> How's Breath of the Wild anyway? Are you playing it on master mode? Um, I, I was, but because I'm just trying to scout out locations at the moment, I've stolen my missus switch and i'm playing it on oh, baby okay. mode. <laughs> did you start start fresh or are you just back in her save no i'm just going back into the save so i can because i'd like to see the whole map and know where everything mm-hmm. is already so i'm just kind of backtracking on everything and taking some screenshots that's cool does it still feel good two years later it still feels good but you've got to remember i'm not really playing it for enjoyment i'm playing it to find stuff just to yeah. verify things He's taking, like, a guided tour through Hyrule. Yeah. Luckily, I got that Creating a Champions book as well, and that's got a mapping with some locations on it that you can sort of use as a reference. So, yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> the things you do for these videos. I know, man. I put, way, <laughs> I put way too much time into them. Everyone else is just like, oh, here's this, 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 publish. And I'm like, right, I've got four weeks, and if I do eight hours a day, I might get it done in time. <laughs> Well, we appreciate all the hard work you put in, Pixel. I saw, I think it was the last time you tweeted about it, I saw someone who was just like, like, man, these videos are so great. Why don't you just go join Game Explain already? I was like, whoa, whoa, no! <laughs> hey, they do their own thing, you know. I don't want to do the same thing as them, even though it's kind of the same. It's the same premise, but it's, you know, it's different. It's different content. Ours is deeper. Yeah, that <laughs> takes three weeks. <laughs> so while Pixel was working on the next great Loot Pods video, which you can check out at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Loot plugs, uh, Steve and I were spending an extensive amount of time, at least on my end, with a little game called Mario Maker 2. Oh, I haven't heard of that. What's that called? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tight little indie, you know. Uh, oh, Nintendo okay. yeah, publishing yeah. it. Another one of those you know? indie crossovers, like Ken. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Is that a two? Is in the number or T O O? You know. T O O. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mario Maker two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's apparently uh, two thousand and one where stuff like that happens. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys finding it then? Because I haven't played it yet. 
You haven't played it I've, at all? I don't even own it yet. Oh my god. Wow. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, I haven't spent um, much time, like, online yet. I've just been doing, like, the packaged in 100 levels mm-hmm. um, because they're really good. Um, most of them are, are like, there, there's a lot of really fun creative levels in that 100 pack. And uh, I wanted to, like, 100% that before I jumped into all the online business. So I've been doing that since launch, and I'm almost done. I got to, like, 90... Like six percent last night or something. I think like I I finished the castle in mm-hmm. story mode. Now I just have the straggler levels that are like left to complete. So now that I'm like mostly done, I'm like ready to start dabbling in the online stuff. And I think I'm just gonna like do maybe one or two of the Nintendo levels like every time I jump on and then go explore. Of those hundred levels that you get packaged in the Nintendo design ones, are they all kind of are they all different themes, like different versions of Mario? Oh, so, they're so different. So yeah. like some of them are like traditional Mario levels, and they always always seem to introduce like a new thing. So there's like one level where it introduces the Angry Sun. There's one where it introduces keys, and you have to go into like, like Mario's got a sun. There's like the Angry Sun from uh, number th- number three. Yes. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> fuck you, Dad. I don't want to be a plumber like you and Uncle Luigi. <laughs> uh, but i haven't played too many of those levels but i really enjoyed the one with the keys and you had to like get all of these keys from all of these different rooms and each one of the rooms had like little puzzles and oh take, yeah that take, one was tough you had to take like items into the rooms with you and then you would like you would take like a pow in and then you could collect the key or you would take a uh one of those bouncy pad things in and then you could jump up higher and you you collected all the keys then you went back to the beginning and you could get through all the like five doors that you needed and if you collected all of the keys you got like the um the true ending they called it so you could either go through and just get the easy ending or you could get the true ending which got you access to like a room with absolutely shit loads of coins which you need in order to build the castle that sounds pretty cool. So it's more of like, because they can design the levels however, it's a bit more puzzly than a traditional yeah. Mario game. Yeah, and the puzzle levels are the ones I've been enjoying playing the most when I've been playing online. So I've been, I've played a, I've played a little bit online. There's like, um, there's, you can either just have a look through the levels and, and pick and choose which ones you want to play and there's different categories. Um, I really like the music levels where it's kind of just someone's going to town and made like a really cool music track and it's kind of like an auto run level mm-hmm. um and i also really like the puzzle levels but there's also the endless mario where it basically just goes and goes and goes until you run out of lives and you just com- you keep doing these user created levels either easy normal or hard depending on the completion rate of those levels and you just carry on going through and you can collect more lives and things as you go and then you you get high score that's pretty cool. Have you guys made any levels yourselves yet? I've made I've made two. One of them was crap. It was the first thing I uh, created. It was terrible, and it was before I ever I even really played any. And then I made a second one, which I quite enjoyed. Um, I added like a little bonus room, so if you find the hidden block, it'll uh, it'll put up like a, a ladder, and then you can go through a warp pipe, and there's like a bonus level where you get a cape instantly, and you kind of just fly and try and collect all the coins. Which uh, which was quite fun to build. That's pretty cool. How how do you like get other people's levels? Uh, you have to you have to be online. You either give them a code, um, or you can if you know the the maker, you can once you've got one of their levels, you can star them, and then they'll show up in your starred list, and then you can view all of the levels they've created. That's cool. So you can go onto their profile. So if, like if you, if you created say a loot pots account with lo- loads of loot pots levels, for example. 
you could share that code out and then people could follow the Lootbots account. Maybe we should do that. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, if you uh, – what I was going to say before was if you want to check out Steve's level that he mentioned, you can actually go to our Discord and we have a uh, Mario Maker chat where everybody's sharing levels and stuff. So if you want to go check out Steve's level for yourself and download it and follow him on uh, Mario Maker, you can you can do that. Oh, yeah, I really want to call out Fowler's level that he posted in there, actually. It's it's really, really fun. It's like an underwater maze, and he's put, like, um, loads of piranha plants and goombas you have to get past, and you just have to work your way through the underwater maze to, to get to where you need to be. So he's put, like, a whole underwater level and then put, like, walls around that you have to navigate through, which is really That's fun. That's cool. That's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, shout out to Fowler's. What about you, P? Have you made any? No, I haven't, and I don't really know, like... If I'm going to, like, I'm sure I will make at least one just to get in there and futz around. But um, I- I've said, like, on the show previously, that's just not really, like, a thing that's ever super appealed to me. Yeah. Is like, I don't have that, like, level design bug, you know? Uh, so I think, like, for me, stuff like that usually, it, it never goes too far beyond, like, a, a minor curiosity. But there's always the chance that it'll get its hooks in me because I've had moments like that before. It's like the same thing that happens to me when I'm like um, when I'm like writing music or like working on a video sometimes where it's like you just get like you have that moment where you're like, oh, I have an idea. And then like <laughs> it's four hours later, you know, cut to me just like fucking like jittering over my kitchen table at six in the morning with my third cup of tea trying to finish this level so it, it could happen but i i think aside from just getting in there and like fooling around with the tools just to see what they're like i'm probably going to dedicate most of my time to just like playing other people's levels i found you need to go in with like a plan and i think if you drew it out on paper it would the, a lot of the levels would be far better than they turn out to be i need some graph paper yeah, and uh, I really want to do a puzzle level, um, so that's probably going to be the next level I do. So I'm going in knowing I want to do a puzzle level. So the two levels I've done already are kind of just standard, left to right, reach the goal levels. But you can add loads of different win conditions as well. So the first level I did, you had to collect a certain number of coins, uh, and you can make it so you have to kill certain enemies or certain bosses, so you can make like a boss level if you wanted to. It's quite cool that they've added all that functionality in. Um, I, I yeah, like I've... that they set the custom win conditions. That's a really like creative yeah, you addition can... to the Mario formula. You because I've I've got a friend who's been making kind of like uh, he's done like uh, world one 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 two, then like one boss, and then he, like each of his levels are like following like one story and narrative like all the way through, which is quite a fun way of doing it. So you could go through and play all of all of uh, his levels and like it's basically like a, a full on Mario game. Um, but I never played the Wii U version because I didn't have a, a Wii U. Did either of you play it? Very, very briefly. I had a Wii U, but I was pretty broke when Mario Maker came out. So it was a pretty easy, like, well, I would like this, but I don't really have, like, I, I need gas, you know? So <laughs> I, I, like, played it um, at uh, Mike's house, actually, Mike from, from the, the site, and, um, like, got to ex- experiment a little bit. But it was never something I really dedicated too much time to. It was kind of more a thing I was always like, like, like looking at with like fondness, like across the <laughs> way, just like, oh, it'd be so nice if my family had a Christmas tree this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never picked it up either. My Wii U was basically a Zelda machine. So I, I was just curious because I know some people have said the um, creator 
doesn't seem to be as intuitive as it was on the the Wii U. Like things like you used to be able to shake um, characters and things with the pen to change them. Now you have to press and hold and then select it. And you used to be able to customize the toolbar that was visible. Now it always shows the most recent items unless you choose to pin one. So it's uh, there's a few changes that I know some people aren't happy about with the creator. But I, I found it to be fairly easy to use having come in and not played the Wii U version. Bliss is ig- no, ignorance is bliss. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Bliss is ignorant. Yeah, but so overall, um, really been enjoying my time with Super Mario Maker 2. I imagine that Steve and I will both be playing a good amount more of it before uh, we're done. But I know we're, we definitely want to try and do um, a stream sometime this week. So maybe we'll collect some of your levels. You know, if you, So if you're a listener and you haven't already joined us over on Discord... Uh, you should go join that community and throw your levels in our Mario Maker thread, and uh, maybe you could see your uh, your level on an upcoming video that we do. So uh, go go check that out. All right, so we've got four items on the news list this week, and boy, are we in post E3 drought. Uh, first up on the list, we've got Tetris 99's physical release confirmed for the West coming on September 20th. I think we talked about this two or three weeks ago now, it seems, where there was the news of the physical edition coming to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of you know, wondered aloud what was up with that, whether we'd see it coming to the West. Now we are. Um, it so totally we're... makes sense now they've announced it, though. They're really just selling a Switch Online subscription. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all it is. A Switch Online subscription and some DLC in a box. That's that's it. It's like, so... Would you like a box, please? Yeah. Does it come with a cart, though, or is it an empty box? I believe it comes with a cart, yeah. Okay. And the DLC's on the cart. And they've also announced two new modes coming to the DLC that's already been released. So you can get... Oh, that's cool. There's going to be an offline Tetris 99 mode called Local Arena, so you can play with up to eight friends, and you can all battle Tetris 99 locally. And a two-player share battle where you have to share Joy-Cons with a friend in order to play a two-player game of uh, Tetris. I don't know how that one works. Really so it would have been better. You get huh? two Joy Cons, you split them, and it's two players, but you both control the same Tetris board. I, oh, I mean, that's... I don't know. That's not what it is. It could if well it's be that, that. that is amazing. <laughs> that could be that could be a really fun uh, video for sure, too. So yeah, I'm 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 probably going to pick up the DLC at some point. I'm definitely not getting the physical version. It seems wholly pointless if you've already got a Switch Online subscription. How, how much is it? Is it priced the same as a Switch Online subscription? Or? They haven't announced pricing, but I'd imagine it's going to be the same cost as a, a individual online membership plus the DLC. So the DLC is uh, $9.99, £7.99, I believe. So it would be that plus whatever the subscription costs at least. Yeah. So it's probably going to be about 20 quid. I'd imagine 25 quid. If people maybe. don't buy it, it'll just get slashed in price and it'll probably become the cheapest way to get an online membership. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the cheapest way is actually uh, Twitch Prime, right? You can get, I think you still get nine months free. Yeah, you have, pay, you have to pay 80 quid to Amazon though. Yeah, but I, yeah, I would think a lot it's of probably people probably the most expensive way anyway. to get it. <laughs> well, yeah. If you've already got it though. Right. And, and, yeah. then you, and then you, eventually you'll be able to give us your Twitch Prime subscription. So that's a real, really good way of doing it, right? Yeah. Wait, what? On the on the loot pot stream, yeah. people can subscribe to you with their Twitch Prime account. It costs them nothing, but then Twitch Prime uh, either partners or affiliates get the subscription. Yep. 
Oh, yeah, everyone do that. Yeah. <laughs> Go do that now. We have to stream it up to become an affiliate first, Pixel. Give us your Mario Maker levels. We'll stream them for like how many hours <laughs> do you have to do? Like 40 or something stupid? And then subscribe or do the Amazon thing, what those guys said. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so uh, next up, we've got Leighton's Mystery Journey. Journey. Catriel Journey. And- Jury. Jury. Leighton's Mystery <laughs> Journey. Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy Deluxe Edition announced for Switch. Wow. I am messing up every word in this sentence. Leighton's Mystery you, like, Journey. Catriel drink and the this million- morning. Because that's going to help <laughs> interrupt me for the third time. <laughs> I haven't finished my morning tea. It's midday for you guys. I, it is early here. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm still trying to work out why you've got a Wii U on the bottom step of your steps. Like it's... Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll tell you, and then we'll get back to Leighton's mystery journey. So I keep all my game boxes. Right, and the other day there was a tornado warning in Philadelphia, so uh, I went in my basement and had my cats. There's no door on my basement though, so I needed to block the stairs. So I used the trusty Wii U box. <laughs> <laughs> that's about the best thing the Wii U could be is a doorstop. Hey, oh, I love the Wii U. Listen, a- and anyway, we're doing news one. Sorry, right? <laughs> Mystery Journey: Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy Deluxe Edition announced for Switch. Coming November 8th. So this was a surprise announcement, right? I mean, I yeah. think we, we, we knew that um, that there was a new Layton game. Oh, wait, no, this isn't a new one, though. No, this, this is a 3DS no, This is one game. we've known about for ages. It was out in Japan, okay. like, last year or something stupid. So, okay, so is there still a new one in development, then? Or is this the yes. one I was thinking of? Is it a new one, or is it that There is a new game? one, rumored, because um, if I remember rightly, some translation company put up a job listing for a new game um, to help translate it. So I think that's separate from this one, maybe. But I know that this one was a big deal because it was the first one uh, where you get to play his daughter. So that's a new thing for, for the, the Leighton franchise. Um, you know, Catriel, as as the uh, the title um, teases. And then uh, this is also the, the first time that this series has, had ever been playable on like a home console. Yes, it is. Historically, a, a, a handheld series. Um, so yeah, if uh, if you've you know been interested in the Layton franchise and maybe you've never checked it out or you were excited for this one, uh, now's your shot. It's coming to the West, November eighth. Keep your eyes peeled. I think I pl- I think I played one of them on um, DS. I've never touched any of them. I've always heard good things. But... They are really really good games. Um, it's just, you know, a puzzler. It's kind of like walk and click it to a point. You know, you okay. go from area to area and then you solve the puzzle. And it's not point I, and click, but it's the same premise. I like that kind of game. It kind of reminds me of those um, uh, Ace Attorney games. Mm-hmm. Somewhat, but with a little bit more puzzle. Do you know the game I really loved on the DS that they've never re-released? I think it's called Hotel Dusk. Never heard of it. No, and you, ho- you held it in it. like you held it in like the book mode, and like you walked around with the touch screen, and then you could see what it was on the left hand side, and then you would like have to talk to people and solve a mystery. I really liked it anyway. Okay. Someone listening will remember that game. I'm fairly sure it's called Hotel Dusk. Nobody will. No, just you, Steve. You imagined it. 
tweet me if you if you know it, tweet me. <laughs> uh, so just to uh, put the period on this one, there is a bunch of new content coming to this deluxe edition. There are going to be uh, over forty brand new puzzles from the 3DS version um, to quote extend the fun and make the game even more family friendly. I don't know about that one, yeah. but uh, improved layout and enhanced graphics. I would hope so. Uh, unlocked DLC, so all previously released DLC is going to be available at the beginning of the game, including the <laughs> daddy's girl <laughs> outfit. <laughs> just, just one more time. That's the daddy's girl outfit. Is that to make it even more family friendly? It is, yeah. Apparently, uh, and the Luke, the Luke look-alike outfits. So, if you want to be daddy's girl or look like Luke Skywalker, <laughs> this is for you. Uh, and then speaking of outfits, more than 50 new outfits have been added, all of which can be obtained by playing the game. <laughs> that's a way That's a way to say that that's not paid DLC, okay? Mm-hmm. So Layton's Mystery Jury coming. Journey. <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. All right, don't stop believing, everybody. It's Layton's coming, Daddy's remember. Girl. That's what it should be called. Layton's <laughs> Daddy's Girl. That's the next one. That's the one in development. Yeah. Layton's Dream Daddy's Girl. What? Okay. Have you guys Next played up. that yet? No, we haven't, but keep your eyes peeled. Dream Daddy Let's Play coming soon to a YouTube channel near you. <laughs> Alright, so next up we've got the 2D Open World Adventure Forager is coming uh, with a retail version for Nintendo Switch and PS4. Uh, and it's going to be coming uh, to North America on September 10th for twenty nine ninety nine, and Europe on September 13th with quote equivalent pricing, <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't do the the, the translation. <laughs> uh, so this this um physical version of the game is also going to come with an exclusive poster and some stickers. It's being distributed by Nighthawk Interactive, uh, which is a fucking great name, and uh, pre-orders are now available through GameStop. But it will also be coming to retailers like Amazon, Best Buy, and Target. So uh, if you want to check it out, it's available all over the place. Have any of you guys played this game? No, it's no. not out yet. I mean, it's out on PC, but... Oh, yeah. That, that, but that who makes... plays games on that yeah, PC? I don't, I don't see it in front of a screen. That, it, still, it still counts. <laughs> no, it does not. No. Okay, all right. Uh, I, I, I remember we spoke about this when it was announced, I think, in February... Uh, yeah, it was at one of the indie events. Um, and ni- none of us really thought much of it. We thought it looked kind of like a riff on Stardew and Minecraft and Zelda. But um, yeah, I-, I might I might check it out if the price is right in the UK. If it's if if whatever it was, what did they say? I mean, it's twenty nine ninety nine for the physical. I'm I'm guessing it's going to be about twenty pounds then for the digital, but um, I don't probably know. somewhere yeah. in there and because they always include like posters and shit to get around Nintendo's rule of it has to be the same price physically as digital. They just call it like a limited edition because it comes with a poster or a key ring. Right. That's what they did for Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yeah, so I mean, if we're going to be in the same boat here, that's not that's not super encouraging to me. Yeah, but I yeah I remember that I'm I'm look I'm watching the uh, little videos now and I remember yeah we all thought it looked um it looked like they basically taken assets straight out of Stardew Valley with like the diamonds and stuff. But. Yeah, and it's like it's cute and everything. Like I don't I don't want to shit on it. It doesn't look like a bad game. It just doesn't look 
But I, I want to reserve judgment until I've played a, at least a demo, because there is a demo on PC, so I'm hoping there's a demo that comes out on Switch as well. Uh, and mm-hmm. it might be that the the play loop is just really fun, because it looks quite fast-paced. Like, you, you explore, you get all the items and stuff, you collect what you need, and then you can buy another piece of the map or buy another piece of land um, in order to progress to the next area. So it kind of lo- it, it looks quite cool. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, like... I don't know. There's there's definitely a angle here where I could see it being interesting. Like I like adventuring and farming and gathering and you know yeah, me too. and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean it's it's what Moonlighter was really good at. I loved yes. the whole building your shop and expanding things and selling the stuff you got. And uh, it seems like you might have a little bit of that here, having to build and defend your land from enemies. So yeah, I'll probably check it out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think the big thing for me is just, like, as much as I like those things, is it going to be enough to make me want to play this game rather than just... I've been thinking about starting a new Stardew file yes, and going back yeah. to mine. Uh, thinking, have you played that multiplayer yet? No. You really and should. You and Sarah need to play that. I think, I think I'm going to ask her to start playing it with me because she just started playing it again. Oh, well, you can you can move games. on to her farm. If she's in the middle of it, you don't have to start a new one. You can convert her farm to a multiplayer one. That would be cool. But, uh, yeah, she taught me so much about that game because I, like, I realized... I realized within, like, a week or so of her playing that, like, I had, I've barely scratched the surface in terms of content of that game. Why? What did like, you I, do? I mean, I spent so much time just, like, doing the farm. Like, my whole goal was, like... I need to make my farm. So you neglected all of the people. Pretty much. I mean, I got married. Like, so I, who I, did you marry? Leah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I married her. We have a baby. I have maxed out my house. My farm is super successful, but I never, I never did the community center. I never. Oh did no! Got to do any of center. that shit. Yeah, community center is great. Part of me wants to just pick up my game where I'm at with it. And just start doing no, that shit? No, you need to start again because I I found that when you go back to a save, you kind of forget where you were and what you were doing. Whereas if you start again, you can set yourself those goals from the beginning. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to build up my farm, I'm going to make it look badass. I'm gonna, then going to go and I'm going to start on the community center from the beginning. Because if you start from the community center, as soon as you get access to it, you can put in like the forage, foraged um, spring bundle and the spring crops and all of that stuff that you get. So yeah. you can then unlock things as quick as possible. Like I can't believe you wouldn't have even unlocked the minecarts. You wouldn't have unlocked the. No. Qu- you wouldn't have unlocked the quarry. Nope. You didn't unlock the bus to go to the desert. No. So you didn't go even, to the. Didn't you didn't go to the casino was... or the separate. Oh wow, there's so I, much for you to do. I literally didn't even know there was a city until she told me yesterday. It's mental. Yeah, there's so much stuff in that game, and he's and he's currently adding more. There's going to be more coming. It's, it's, I, I really have the bug again, I think, to pick it back up. Um, but yeah, so Pixel, you're back. What do you think about Forager? Uh, uh I wish it looked like the cover up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Perfect dig. All right, so, uh, moving right along, we've got Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Complete Edition coming to Nintendo Switch in October. So, ah, man. These Digimon games. Is this I, uh, just a ripoff of Detective Pikachu? No, 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 no. Uh, I mean, it sounds <clears throat> yes. like it should be, right? Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Well, I mean, I'm trying to think of when this came out, actually. 
Let's have a gander, shall we? Let's yeah, yeah, let's find out. 2015? Find out yeah, that's before Detective Pikachu, isn't it? I don't think it is. When was when was Detective Pikachu? Detective Pikachu was... Oh, okay, February 2016, so Detective Pikachu go. would be the rip-off. Oh! Yep. Makes sense. Pokemon always ripping off Digimon, right? <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is this is gonna be like the complete edition. So I mean, I, it doesn't. I don't see anything that says what that entails. You get you get two games in one. So you get the sequel, which is Digimon oh! Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory, includes that. So you get all of them together. Um, does it does it say that on the press release? I'm, I'm like, I don't see that anywhere. Whatever. It's, it's over at the Bandai Namco press site that you can't access unless you sign up for. Great. Mm. Thanks, GamePress.com. Yeah, so these games uh, are fine. I think they're a little disappointing. I I played a bit of the original Cyber Sleuth uh, when it came to PS4. Like, I demoed it a bit at uh, at conventions and stuff, and I so wanted to like it, but it's just like... It's just it's just not quite there. It's not quite pe- it's not quite Pokemon. Is yeah, that the problem? It's not it's not as deep as Pokemon and it's not as satisfying as a like more shallow party based RPG. Like it, it just feels like it's like there it's not to say that there's no depth to it, it's just like very like is your is my guy is my guy stronger? Cool, I win. If it's grindy. It's grindy. You know, so like if you like grindy jrpgs and you like digimon i think you'd like this game but if you don't exist in that very specific venn diagram like it's fine so that's my ringing endorsement but sorry to be a debbie downer i was really looking forward to that pete i (laughs) I think if you're into it though it feels like a good deal the two games in one on one cartridge it's definitely a good deal if i was younger i would pick this up but where I'm at now, where I, I don't have time to dedicate to, like, games that are just okay. Like, yeah. you know, not worth it. But me me at 16 would have been all over this. I think it's a little tough, though, that it's also coming out in October when Pokemon comes out in yes. November. Massive, massively tough to compete with that. You're going to play two Digimon games before that? Yeah, apparently the game was delayed. It was supposed to come out last year in July. Oh, okay. See, that, that would have been a good time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, even if they brought it out now, there's nothing seemingly coming till September. But even Tetris 99's not out till September. There's so much in September. September, October, November. I'm really going to have to pick my games carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Or just or just book three months off work. Just uh, not working for three months. Yeah. <laughs> Standard holiday time in the UK, isn't it? Three months? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, really? Shit, I'm moving to the UK. <laughs> no, it's hey, definitely it really not. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a joke, you guys. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, so I, I like I said, I've been saying what we need to do is we need to start streaming every single day, so that by the time September rolls around, we're we're making a living on Twitch. You yeah, know? but then, then but can... then you no, because then because you can't be playing the games you want to play because you're gonna be you know. You're going to be stuck streaming the ones that people want you to want to watch you play. That's how it works. That's why Ninja can never play anything other Fortnite. But come September, that's all the games that people want us to play are going to be the hot games we want to play. Is that right? 
perfect storm. Like like Digimon. Like Digimon. Yeah, yeah, that's the one we're playing in October. We're going to play that all the way through November and December because there's two games to get through. There's nothing else coming out that needs to be Not played. Not another so. thing. And no. Pete, Pete's doing it exclusively, you know? Yeah, Just you Pete. can tune in for my 300-part Let's Play series on Digimon Cyber Sleuth. I, I can't wait to, for your piece. You know how you, you were working on that piece that was... Crash Team Racing is better than Mario Kart. I can't wait for the Digimon is better than Pokemon piece. It's oh going to be a real, really, really good one. My <laughs> friend Marco from my other podcast, The Comic Spells, he is like a diehard Digimon fan, and he gets in that argument with me every once in a while, and I'm just like, you're fucking high, dude. You're high if you think that the video games are better. If you like the anime better, whatever. Fine. That's a conversation I'm willing to have. But say that the games are better. It's the most insane thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So I got that off my chest. Moving along now this week. Uh, on Wednesday, July 10th, we've got Soul Seraph, the spiritual successor to Act Razor. Never heard of this one, Steve. This is interesting. And so they announced this a couple of weeks ago. It's coming from Sega. Um, so Act Razor was a game, I believe, on the Mega Drive slash Genesis. It's like 16-bit era games. Um, and this is like a 2D side-scroller that's kind of like a brawler. Um, it looks like it'll be good fun if you're into that that kind of game. I think it's worth checking out. Why is it just called Act Razor or something? I don't know if there's a issue with like the IP, but I think it's some of the same people that worked on that game that are working on this one. They must not own the IP anymore. That's why it's a spiritual successor. Yeah. It looks all right. Yeah, it looks okay. I, like, I don't know. It looks a little stiff, if I'm being honest. Hmm. Like, I, don't, I mean, I don't... I don't know that that's not what the gameplay was like of the original game, and they're, and they're trying to be faithful to what it was. Yeah, maybe that's true. But I, I, I'd be interested to see what people who are into this kind of game think when it comes out tomorrow, slash yesterday. It's interesting because there's, like, the 2D segments, but then there's also, like, there's, the yeah, there's like the top-down, top down, isometric, stuff. yeah. Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. I, I'd be interested to hear what people think about it. Because um, that seems like that could be compelling but just the look of this doesn't i don't know something about this isn't passing the smell test for me it just it looks a little stiff it looks a little but what does it smell like like it's like when you it's like when you got milk in the fridge and you're like (laughs) "Eh, the sell by date was like yesterday or two days ago and it's like a little questionable you're like i feel like i could get away with it but like eh, you know that's your review, is it? Pre, yeah, right pre-review. <laughs> pre-review. Pre-review impressions. Uh, Thursday, July 11th, we've got Tiny Metal, Full Metal Rumble. Either of you play Tiny Metal when it came out? No. Uh, I, I have not. I've, this is another one I've never heard of. What the hell is this? Now the, this is like um, an Advance Wars style military turn-based tactics game. Oh, this does look like Advance Wars. Yeah, yeah, the original came out, I think, last year. And it comes from that very weird studio set up by Sony Music called Unties. So this is published by Sony on, oh, uh, yeah. on Nintendo Switch. It's one of those weird ones. That's um, so weird. But this kind of just expands, I think, on Tiny Metal. Adds uh, 77 maps, uh, 21 multiplayer maps, and 39 campaign missions. So it just goes all out compared to the first game, which I think was a little bit small. Wasn't there some like controversy over Tiny Metal when it first came out? I don't know. Like, they took money, I think it was Kickstarter, maybe? They took money for it and then used that money to fund a different game. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? 
You should look that up before you just throw that out there. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Hold on. Just look. Just look <laughs> if not, just look apologies. <laughs> you look that up. But I'll, we'll, we'll talk about this next game. Uh, so next up on... Uh, oh, no. This is also on Thursday. Excuse me. Uh, we've got Way Out. Yes. Which is uh, a, a cute little puzzle game. It's uh, The art style is like very like hand-drawn. And it, it, it's like... Uh, it looks like you're just like matching colors. Like it's like a it's like no. It's kind of like. Do you remember? I think we spoke about it on the podcast before a game called Lights Out from yeah. Tiger Electronics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's that. that you have to push the squares to turn the lights out. I'm. I guess I'm not understanding because it says turn off the grid by pushing all the buttons in. The, oh, in the right order. Yeah. Okay, so, I missed that part. so so Tiger Electronics had this game and it was like a load of rubber buttons on a grid and you would press the buttons and it would turn the lights out. But if you press one button, one of the lights might turn on somewhere else and you have to remember the order to turn all of the lights out on the board. Is essentially that in digital form, uh, but it looks really really cool in like a like you said a, a drawn handcrafted style. Uh, apparently there's like an ambient soundtrack and yeah, you just press the buttons to turn the lights out. I could see me spending like a couple of, like half an hour a night before I go to bed just yeah. pressing, pressing some buttons and it's only t- it's only three quid, so why not? Yeah, it looks pretty good. Okay, so I got an update. This is what happened with Tiny Metal. Um, apparently they started a Kickstarter for Tiny Metal and it didn't hit its target. So the company then either dissolved and started I think they dissolved and started a new one called Area 35 and they put mm-hmm. up a game called Project Phoenix which is like a JRPG squad based game and that raised like a million dollars which is 10 times over the target and then they used that money to fund Tiny Metal oh, they, and they've okay. never delivered the JRPG I don't think it, it was called Project Phoenix so I don't think it ever came out that's a bit shady how long ago was the Kickstarter though? 2013 Okay, yeah, that's never happening. They could still be working on it. Yeah, I think the guys, I think the guy admitted that he basically embezzled the money into something else. Oh, nice. Yeah, but hey, tiny metals out soon. <laughs> All right, so then on Friday, July twelfth, we've got God Eater three. Yeah, it's, a, it's another big one in the Bandai Namco franchise. I don't really know much about this series, but I believe it's very, very popular. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a big port. You know, like this, this is definitely, uh, it's one of those, like, it's a cell shaded Japanese action game, you know, like mm-hmm. Xenoblade. Yeah. Right. So if, if that's your jam, uh, God Eater is probably up your alley. So might be one to check out. Uh, and then one of the last like big games coming until September, we've got Dragon Quest Builders too. Mm-hmm. I might actually check this one out. I never checked out the first one. But listening to um, some people talk about it uh, that have had early access to the game, they've said it's kind of like fixed a lot of the issues that people had with the original one. I mean, the original was pretty warmly received in its own right, too. So, I mean... Yeah, there's just some quality of life things. Like, um, I think you used to have to restart something every time. I'm not 100% sure how it all worked. Um, But I know they've just made it so it's just a little bit more seamless. If you want to check it out, there is a free demo. Oh, I probably will check the free demo. I checked. The, I did do the free demo of Dragon Quest Builders, and I did quite enjoy it. It's like Minecraft with quests. Okay. Uh, and a bit of a generic storyline for JRPG fans. They're always generic, so... Yeah, and I mean, and obviously you've got, like, the Dragon Quest iconography. And yeah, and you've got the slimes the and stuff. The a little bit less, yeah. like, stiff than Minecraft. So, yeah, might be one to check out as well. 
Friday, July 12th. All right, so moving into our main topic this week, we've got a new trailer just dropped this morning for me, uh, midday for you guys, uh, all about Pokemon Sword and Shield. So we've got, uh, you know, if you're a Pokemon fan, you know exactly what this trailer looked like. We got a tiny, tiny little drip of more information that they then had to clarify in a press release so that you could actually make sense of it. So, uh, the, the, the headlines are a few, a few things, but so number one, we got some new Pokemon. We got, uh, a little bit more information about the Galar Pokemon League. We got a look at two new gym leaders, as well as the confirmation that there will be version exclusive gym leaders, which is the first for the series. And then details on a new element to the, uh, Gigantamax mechanics, as it were. I'm just going to G-Maxing from now on. G-Max? Hereafter known as G-Max. Yeah, I mean, that's what they've used all over that press release is G-Max. Well, imagine you're the PR person. You think you want to write Gigantamaxing 17 fucking times? Well, I don't know, but G-Max Al Creamy sounds really fucking bad. (laughs) I wonder if you can get the daddy's girl outfit in it. Just get it out of your system. Get it out of your system. (laughs) You didn't hear what Pixel said, did you? No, what do you say? <laughs> oh, nothing, don't worry. No, you have to tell me! Anyway. God damn it, now I have to listen back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you both think of Gigantamaxing? Anyway, I mean, Pixel kind of ruined it for us because he did tell us about the leak where they said there was going to be Dynamaxing and then there was going to be something else which was gigantamaxing yeah so i mean i am not i'm not into this at all like as a thing like dynamaxing as a mechanic like we'll have to see how that plays out like i think the raids look interesting and i think there's obviously it's gonna add a creative element to battling but i don't like it like from a lore perspective i think it's really really stupid is it not just the same as Mega Evolutions? Gigantamaxing is way more similar to Mega Evolutions yeah. than Dynamaxing. Dynamaxing is they just get massive. Gigantamaxing is they get massive but also change the way they look. Right. So it's basically like giant Megas. Yeah. The way I see it is, oh, we wanted to do Gigantamaxing for everything, but that would have taken way too long to do all the models again. So let's just make some big. And that really is what it feels like, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I don't, and I, don't even, I don't even think it feels like that. I'm pretty sure that's definitely what happened. You know, yeah. like, especially like when they're talking about how they're worried about, you know, like they're like, oh, we had like, we had trouble with resources. You okay, know, well, would game. you rather they delayed the game? Yes. Or crunched like crazy? Or they just did some of it? Delay. Yeah, they could, they could have delayed it. They could have not done Giga Wreckers port. They could have not done Let's Go, and they could have just concentrated on this. And it would have been done by now. I, I don't think it's that's fair. I don't think that poor Giga Wrecker took that long at all. What about Pokemon? And I doubt Let's that go. was done in house. And it's fairly clear they've pulled everyone off of town to work on this because we've heard nothing about town. Yeah, but I, I, I have to say I'm really like I'm, I'm getting really frustrated mm-hmm. with with Game Freak and and with this situation because 
it's clear to me anyway that this is like it feels lazy really and i I wouldn't say i wouldn't say lazy it's uh lack of resources yeah but but here's the thing like and take what i'm about to say with a grain of salt right i don't I don't make games. I don't work for Nintendo. This is just me as a Pokemon fan looking from the outside in and trying to make sense of what's happening. And fine. Argue that there aren't enough resources. That's all well and good. But it's really hard for me to swallow that when I've seen two major Nintendo releases that were supposed to come out this year get delayed until next year. Right? Nintendo obviously... The whole story around Animal Crossing was that they delayed it so that the developers wouldn't have to crunch and they could take the time and make the game right. Right? What's, so, the, what's the other game that's been delayed? Fire Emblem. That was, that's not delayed until next year. That was delayed into this year, right? Yeah, but it was supposed to come out yeah. last year. But the difference is Game Freak, although Nintendo do partly own stock in them, are still an external development company. And right. Nintendo has like seven studios it can shift games between. So when one's complete, they can delay it and still pull more resources in. Whereas Game Freak obviously don't have that ability. Yeah, and, and Fire, Fire Emblem is developed by an external studio as well, Intelligent Systems. Right. Game Freak doesn't have like a, a big roster of games they can shuffle around, but if they needed to delay the game, they could. I think the the more likely scenario, from from my point of view anyway... Um, and I don't want to take credit for this idea. I was turned on to it from uh, a YouTube video by uh, Jaywitz, who's a well-known Pokemon YouTuber, um, where he pointed out that I, 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 and I agree that I think that the reason that we're seeing Pokemon stuck on a, a treadmill is because of merchandising. I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that they couldn't delay it if they wanted to, or that Game Freak doesn't have enough resources to make the game properly, or any of that stuff. It's that Pokemon is a billion-dollar marketing machine now, and if they delay the game in the fall to next year, that's a whole set of Pokemon cards and plushies and toys and a new anime and all these things that need to get pushed back. It, around that as well and and that's that's where i come down on it and honestly like and and i don't i love pokemon i defended game freak against the national decks thing like i'm not here to shit on them but it feels lazy to me it it feels like i agree with you pixel they wanted to make gigantamaxing the thing that they gave to every pokemon but they're like well we don't really have the time so we'll do it for a select few and then the rest just get big. So instead like, of lazy, you could, I guess, obviously, if they if they have to hit this November deadline so they can shift merch over Christmas and the holiday period, then it's not really laziness. It's more kind of they've been pressured into cutting corners. Yeah, it's prioritizing what they need to do. They need to get the Fair. game out of the door. It's, it's a decision that's ma- being made to cut corners, is what I should say. And that's not their fault that they're being made to cut corners. But I think... I think it's pretty clear that that's what is happening here. You know, but between the fact that all these Pokemon are cut and, I mean, you know, it's called Spade a Spade. Like, the game doesn't look that great. It looks all right. It looks all right. I, I expected more, I'll be honest. Yeah, it, lo- it looks all right. But, like, when they're like, oh, we're cutting hundreds of Pokemon, potentially, right? 
so that we could make the game look better and have higher graphical fidelity and all. Come on. You know, I think that like, was a that's a major mistake in the franchise. I think they've simply made too many Pokemon and they've tried to include them all in the games. But you know what, man? It's like that's like that's the franchise. That's what they've that's what they built. That's what they've been selling but us I, for yeah, but I twenty they, years. Why do they need to keep selling the same thing though? You know, Nintendo mix to Nintendo mix things up with Zelda. Every single time they release a new Zelda, it gets mixed up and changed. It's not the same thing, though. You know, it's like Pokemon can keep changing. The games can keep changing. The roster of Pokemon, it's like that's that's the franchise. You know, like that's what they've sold people forever is that, oh, you got to catch them all. That's the tagline, right? Oh, like there's one for everybody. Like I, I've been less critical of, of that decision than most people, but I understand the 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 complaint. You know, it's like that to me, there are two things about Pokemon that can't change. It's the Pokemon and it's the turn-based stuff. And those things are the two things that are good that should stay the same. And when you have these games where we're doing the same shit over and over and over again, and they're putting out a game every single year, there's been a Pokemon game every year since 2015. But this one's, this one's got a giant cake in it. So that redeems everything. We don't need this much. Like, I, I really think that they're doing the franchise a disservice by just continuing to put out stuff that's okay or good at best rather than taking their time and actually making something that's, like, worthwhile. But where we're at with the brand, it's just, like, it doesn't make sense for them to slow down. No, because like, it's going to sell anyway. It's like it's like Call of Duty. They sell a bazillion copies. The game might not be as good as it could be, but... They still pump a new one out every single year, and they're gonna ride it for all it's worth, you know. And like, but that's that's but bad. That's though. the same with every franchise. It's the same with Marvel. It's the same with Star Wars. It's it's not though because they are not all taking a nosedive in quality, you know. Like like you can people can bitch and moan about Call of Duty. Call of Duty like it it, it sells because it's well made. It's a well produced game every year. Whether or not it interests you is a different question. You know, Pokemon is like been phoning it in for a while. And I don't think that you can make that same criticism. There hasn't of... been a mainline Pokemon game for like three years now. No, that's not even true. Sun and Sun and Moon came out in 2017. So yeah, but you're coming close to okay, two three years. A two to three a two uh, to three year development uh, was it, cycle. Did it come out in did it come out in 2017? I thought it came out in 2016. And Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out in 2017. You might be right. Let me just pull that up and double check before I speak out of turn. Yeah, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon weren't last year. No, last year was was Pogo. last year was was Let's Go. Year before was Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Mm-hmm. The year right. before that was Sun and Moon. So it's been three years they've had to work on the next generation. Right, and but I mean, like, have they actually had three years to work on it? If they're developing another game on the side, well, they had the other game on the side with Town, and then they also had Let's Go that they had to port. Right, I don't know. It could be that they they're just. It seems like they're just spread too thin, and maybe. The onus on developing all the main Pokemon games shouldn't stop with Game Freak anymore, and it should be moved out. And other other developers should be brought on board to assist. I don't, I don't know. We don't know the inner workings. We don't know that that's not happening. We don't know that they don't have assistant studios helping out. Creatures could be coming in to help out on certain things. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I I would love to. Creatures does assist them, but I would love to see. I would love to see a different development studio work on these games, or at least for them. Because, honestly, 
I I wonder if Pokemon Sword and Shield is going to be a disappointment financially. I I don't think it will be. I think they'll sell a boatload of them, and I think it's going to sell consoles like Pokemon always does. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's enough in this game. Yeah, if the Dynamax and the Gigantamax and the lack of the National Pokedex seems like a disappointment to people, there's still enough in the game with the wild area and the new gyms. We haven't even spoken about the fact that there's version-exclusive gyms for, I think, the first time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a new thing for the series. For which, sure. I, which I think is really, really cool that you can... You can you can play both games and you'll get a different experience now. It won't just be, oh, these Pokemon are in this Pokemon game and these Pokemon are in this Pokemon game and have to trade to get the other ones. If you play either Sword or either Shield, you either face B or Alistair, which is a really cool aspect. I can understand, and I understand your criticism comes from a place of love, that you love the franchise and you love the series and you want it to be as good as possible. I don't want to see it flounder because it's not doing something new. Because, like, I, I do think that there's been overall... I think there's been more negativity around the franchise than I've seen since I started paying attention to it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, was saying to, I was saying to Pixel just, just, just a moment ago, um, before we started recording, that it seems that they can't win. Either they do it exactly as they've always done, and it's you get every Pokemon in the game, you, you just play the game as you usually do, like Let's Go, and it's a disappointment, people aren't happy, it's not enough. Or they add these new things in, like Dynamax and Gigantamax and new aspects to the game, and people aren't happy about that either because that's not Pokemon. This is stupid. Why are you doing this? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's what it is because I. I don't think that. I. I I'm not gonna say that I don't think that there's some level of, like, entitlement or like just like complaining from the community right like that that is valid on some level but i don't think it's uh they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't because i think that the like i said the core things about pokemon that work are the pokemon and the battle mechanics and i think the vast majority of like true blue pokemon fans don't want those things to change right like historically every game there's been a new decks of pokemon and then eventually you can get all your old favorites in the post game nobody had a problem with that system and I think, like, that's the expectation that they set. That's on them. You that know? system like, still could come in. You've got Pokemon Home, which is coming out next year. Right. And hopefully, hopefully we backdoor everybody in there and it's fine. Whatever. You know what they're going to do? I can see it happening now. If what you're saying kind of rings true with the merch situation where they literally have to get this out ready for all the other Pokemon franchise stuff to sell over Christmas, next yeah. year you'll probably get a third version that they usually do. And it will probably include all the past Pokemon and maybe a new area or something to explore. Yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. Or they could do the Gen 4 remakes that I'm sure are around the corner and we'll get Platinum and what are the other two? Diamond and Pearl remade and then they'll bring everybody in that way. So those are still things that are on the table. Um, but but I, don't, I don't think that like... I don't think that revolutionizing the franchise and giving it the shot in the arm that it needs... like needs to come from a oh we, we we need to you know we need to trim back the decks i don't think the number of pokemon is the thing that's keeping pokemon from innovating you, you say that but for every single pokemon they've got to do the animations they've got to for this game anyway redo the models slightly so they look better whether that's textures or just the way the lighting comes off them whatever and then they've got to include all the new moves and the way they react when they get hit to any new moves They've got to do Dynamaxing versions. 
they've got to do Gigantamax. Well, that's a new Pokemon only. And then they've got to kind of animate them in a new world and make sure that none of them bug out. And when you've got how many Pokemon? Like 600 now? Yeah. Oh, there's almost 1,000 now. Well, there you go. Like, even if you had one person doing each Pokemon, that took them a month to make sure it was perfect and bug-free. That's what, 1,000 people or 1,000 months to do them all. Right, but I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of realities of Pokemon and the way that Game Freak makes the games where I don't buy a lot of those excuses. You don't need to make individual animations for every single attack because every single attack being every Pokemon being hit by an attack animation is identical, right? Like each Pokemon has one of those because their bodies are different. The way their bodies move when they get hit, they don't just stand there and get hit. They move around when they get hit. Yeah, but they but it's a it's like. It's like a animation. Yeah, but you can't you can't put the same animation across multiple models. It has to be specific to that model. I, I, I hear what you're saying. My point is that there's only one getting hit animation you need to make per Pokemon. Mm. Like there's there's not dynamic hit animations, right? So my point is that if if you're if we're you and I are having a Pokemon battle and I, and you're using a Pikachu and I hit your Pikachu with tackle or bubble, the reaction to it being hit is the same. So, like, yeah, you need to make a Pikachu model, and you need to animate what it looks like when it's fighting, but that's, like, not that many animations. There's the animation, there's the idle animation, when it's sitting there and waiting for the next turn, there's the attacking animation, which is the same every time, and then there's the being hit animation, which is the same every time. The, the attack animation has changed depending on the attack. But not not significantly. Well, sometimes they like Pikachu will either run forward for a quick attack, or he'll jump in the air for thunderbolt or whatever the hell it is yeah but it's yeah okay so it's like thunder thunderbolt thundershock all those use the same animation i'm not saying that there's no work to be done but guess what we didn't need dynamax or gigantamaxing i totally agree that was unnecessary i agree i guarantee i don't think that there's like a significant percentage of pokemon fans out there that would say i would rather have this new gimmick than po- than the old pokemon i i i, uh, I would I'm I'm not a massive Pokemon fan, and I've not played any of the in between games really, but um, I would rather have something new, and I really like the way that some of the Gigantamax Pokemon look and will behave, than just the same old game again and again and again. And I get that that same old game and collecting the same Pokemon is cool for a lot of people, but for me, I'd rather see new Pokemon, and I'd rather they have they spend the time working on new Pokemon than bring over old models. But they already did that. We're still going to get new Pokemon. We're getting new Pokemon, but we may be getting more new Pokemon because they haven't had to spend the time bringing over the old models. We wouldn't have got I... the Gigantamax, for example, if they had brought over all the old models. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I, know no, I, you would I don't. Be. Gigantamaxing is not like it's not interesting like to me at all, and I think it's really dumb. But that's neither here nor there. I I agree with you that I want to focus on using new Pokemon in a new game too. Yes, but but that but at the end of the day, I, that doesn't matter because like I'm not arguing. So let me rewind here. That's my other point. Is the thing that you were saying about them all needing to be active in the world? They don't all need to be active in the world. Them putting all of the models in the game and making them usable in battle doesn't mean you need to make them all visible in region. You know, every Pokemon region has their own regional decks where there are certain Pokemon that you find in the wild and certain Pokemon you don't find in the wild. Nobody's complaining about that. 
It's the fact that at no point will you ever be able to use the Pokemon that you've invested all this time and energy into. And why the fuck do I have Pokemon Home if I can't do that, you know? It's like, I I get the complaint, especially when this is the stuff that we're getting in lieu of it. Oh, we took it out so we could work on new innovative stuff like Gigantamaxing Pass and better graphics and animations. Really? But would you complain if they churned out another Pokemon game? It was just a new region. A few new Pokemon, maybe they did 60 or something. All the old Pokemon, and you just went and battled gyms, and then the end was you went and battled an even bigger gym. Well, that's the thing. Those are the things that they should change. You know, to me, it's not about... Well, they have to a point in this game, because there's, like, the wild area now. Yeah, you've got the wild areas, you've got the online raids, you've got all of that stuff that's completely new and different. Potentially new and different. Well, I think think it looks, from what I've seen in, like, the treehouse and stuff, it does look like it's going to be fun. It does look different. I'm super excited by the middle of the map open world stuff. I'm, like, very excited by that. But I, I have my concerns just because I remember Sun and Moon looked so different too. And I remember playing Sun and Moon and being like, oh my god, it's so different. And then being a month removed from it or two months, whenever, I guess a year later when Ultra Sun and Moon came back and I tried to play it again and I was like, this is just more of the same with a different coat of paint, you know? Well, I think that game was just, you know literally a new coat of paint to appeal to people that hadn't played the originals or just to play on nostalgia for those who had moving on to something more positive though what do you yeah. think of a new pokemon that they i love all of the new pokemon that we've seen so far i maybe not all of them but i would say like the overwhelming majority of these designs are really good yeah i really like uh, of, the, of the four new ones or five new ones we just saw in the latest trailer i really like yamper and al creamy or al Cremy. Yeah. I think those ones are really cool. I, like, Yamper obviously, like, took the world by storm when people saw it at E3, but to get the, the official reveal was really cool. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he has an organ in his body that generates electricity, and this organ is activated when Yamper runs around. It's so adorable. And it's going to make electric sparks and crackling around it. Did you guys see his, uh, his ability, too? No, what was the ability? So this is a thing that you guys probably oh, aren't aware. Oh, fetch, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every every Pokemon has, like, a battle ability where it's either, like, something that, like, gives you a benefit, like, in-game or, like, during fights. Uh, and his is, is ball fetch so that if you throw a Pokeball and it fails, he goes and gets the ball and you get the item back, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. That'd be so handy when you're catching wild Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, when you're out, like, hunting, like, especially if you're, like, shiny chaining or something like mm-hmm. that, like, could definitely be useful. Especially if he has some, like, support moves that you can use, like, if he has, like, hypnosis or something or whatever, and you can, like, set All it up. All he needs is high definitely HP, useful. and then you've got the perfect, you know, catching partner. Just sit there and just tank. Wooloo's still my favorite Pokemon, though. I love Wooloo so Wooloo's much. Wooloo's the best. I really Wooloo's... want a plushy Wooloo. Yeah, I'm definitely going to buy a plushy mm-hmm. Wooloo. Like, definitely. So you guys are the reason this game... Isn't delayed. Hey, shush, don't know. <laughs> That's the problem, man. They shouldn't take advantage of my love of Pokemon. They should reward me for it. What did you guys think of that Jura Ludon or whatever it was? Did you see that one in the new trailer? The, Which one? Yeah, the one that looks like a machine thing. Yeah, it's... Oh, the dra- the Steel Dragon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He he literally just looks like a brick shit house. <laughs> he, lo- like he, looks like a, he looks like Robot Godzilla. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, he does. He kind of looks like um, Mechagodzilla, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. His, his head yeah, looks cool. a bit like a lighter. Yeah, he does. does like he you does press it, and, yeah. 
What have you seen? His head. It looks like his head opens up, and then uh, sparks fly out the front of him. Yeah, so I bet. I bet he is kind of supposed mm-hmm. to look like a Zippo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's pretty cool. I have to say, like he looks. He looks a little like some of the angles of him in game are weird, but like his main like side art, I think he looks pretty cool. Yeah, Roly Roly Coley apparently has a steam engine ability. Which gets him a speed stat boost when it's hit with fire or water. That's super useful, actually. And and the area that he's found in looks like an inside mine with loads of like gems and stuff. It looks really really cool. I wonder. Hmm. He's a coal Pokemon. If his if his defense is good, that's actually a really really good ability. If he could switch into like a water move and then get a speed boost and then revenge kill, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I'm going to pretend huh. I know what any of that is. Yeah. Not Somebody out there good. does. <laughs> Do you know that's what I really like about Pokemon? Pete can play it and have a totally different experience where he's like picking the right Pokemon and revenge can, doing all these cool, cool moves. And I can play it and run around and just catch the cute looking Pokemon. And we can both have a wonderful time and the game is totally different for both of us. I think that's the beauty of it, you know? I mean, to me, I think one of the things that... Um... One of the real strengths of Pokemon is that, that, like, you can really play it how you want. But I also think that, like, um, the nature of Pokemon themselves, like, really helps that, you know? Like, I think Pokemon is very much a game that, like, it's very, like, identity-based, you know? Like, it's very much, like, what, like, who are your favorite Pokemon? Which do you want to use? How do you like to play? What are your strategies? You know, like... It's very much about like finding your own like sound as a as a trainer, as it were, you know? Like what are the types that you prefer? What are the what are the gameplay styles that you like to prefer? Like or do you not even care about any of that? And you just wanna go and like catch all the cute Pokemon and do contests and like, you know, go do side quests and stuff, like go hunt Chinese. Like there's just there's so much there. There's one thing I've always wanted to do in a Pokemon game and this was like from when I played like Blue originally. And they still haven't done it. I want there to be, because they always do two versions. I just want them to give you the choice of, do you want to be this Pokemon trainer that goes on this journey to get the championship or whatever it is? Or do you want to be like Team Rocket and just, you know, be the oh, villain? Oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. Play the bad guys, yeah. I remember from the ver- in the the very first game where you'd, like, finish the Nugget Road and the guy's like, do you want to join yeah. Team Rocket? And ever since then, I was like, that would be so cool. If they did a third version, that should be it. But, like, there's no fucking way Nintendo's going to let you play as an organization of Pokemon thieves. Why not? <laughs> Why not? It sounds awesome. Gameplay is just like, all right, there's a 10-year-old kid. Push him off his bike and steal his pet. Yeah, you nick his bike and then you go to a gym and you have to try and get the gym badge without beating them because you can't actually beat them because you're not a very good trainer. <laughs> all you have is a coughing. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm... I'm curious about, and it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Peter, with the yearly releases of Pokemon. Do you think we're going to get one next year, considering we've got Detective Pikachu two? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I, I think particular. I guess I shouldn't say I definitely don't think so, but I'm inclined to think not. Um, between the fact that they've been on a treadmill lately, that there's been a lot of backlash to the decisions they made here. I think that they're going to look at this as like, a, okay, we've tread water as long as we fucking can. Like, it's time to go back to the drawing board. Like, the next one needs to be 
a more substantial upgrade. But if it sells really well, mm-hmm. all of that criticism is going to fade to black. I can see, I can see two matter. things happening. I, they knew that this would be the reaction to this game, and they have done it just because of time, and they are already working on the stuff that's missing that people don't like. And they're either going to release that as the third version, I'd say that'd be next year, or they're going to go finally down the DLC route, and you'll just buy an add-on for the Switch game. Also a big possibility, yeah. Because I don't think they've done the DLC route before, have they? Nope. It'll be a season pass now in Nintendo, won't it? And it'll be, you'll get this Pokemon at this time. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I don't think we'll get one from Game Freak at all next year. I think you've got they, they want to finish Town Off. They've got Detective Pikachu coming out that kind of fills in the, the Pokemon hole. Is that Game Freak or is that Creatures? That's Creatures, but it's still the Pokemon game coming out next year. And so I think Nintendo would be fine if a Pokemon game didn't come out next year with Detective Pikachu. Mm, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's Nintendo that's pushing. Honestly, I really don't. I think it's the Pokemon company. Like, I know Nintendo wants a Pokemon game on Switch, but Switch doesn't need it. Like, it's selling just fine. I mean, it needs something this year. They've they've had yeah. real massive heavy hitting releases other than Super Mario Maker 2. Sure, but next year, they don't they don't need another Pokemon. They don't need a Pokemon game on Switch every year. No, not, not, no, no, they don't need it. They don't need it next year, like I said, with with Detective Pikachu 2 and you've got Animal Crossing coming out next year and a bunch of other games. I think Metro Prime, we're probably going to see something around that franchise next I year. I think the Zelda sequel might be next year. A lot of people saying, you know, two yep. years, but I think they're already way through development. Yeah, and they've got the engine and stuff for that, and late 2020 makes sense in line with the new generation of consoles, like you said before, combating that. Yeah, yeah, and having something uh, to go toe-to-toe with that is definitely important. So yeah, I mean, aside from that, I think we we touched on a lot of the other major things like we said about the exclusive gym leaders there's a fighting exclusive gym leader uh named b who's going to be in sword and then um right she's Mm -hmm. in sword uh i was real confident on that one and i was like yeah they'll know a b is in shield okay no b is in sword jesus alistair's in shield yeah all right so yeah yeah, and alistair's the ghost uh the ghost trainer and allison is called onion in uh was it spain or portugal one of the two <laughs> it was something like that onion. Yeah. Onion, man. <laughs> yeah. there's also the only other thing they announced was the some of the bonuses you get for getting the jewel pack steelbook edition which is the one where you get both sword yes, and steel in the steelbook you. so you, you get two codes one per game which gives you special items known as dynamax crystals and you can use the dynamax crystals in the wild area and you'll be able to tra- uh, face Dynamax uh, Larvitar or Dynamax Jangmo O. Jangmo O. There you go. That's the one. Uh, which you can get in special Max Raid battles. Um, in yeah, so Pokemon... th- those are two of the version exclusive Pokemon. That's right. That yeah. So in, in Pokemon Sword, um, you don't get Larvitar, and in Pokemon Shield, you don't get Jangmo O. Jangmo O. Uh, but you can get them with these Dynamax crystals, and you can only use those codes once. So. Uh, you basically get them and the first person to use the code with the games get them. It's how they locked down uh, Mewtwo with Pokemon Let's Go. You had to buy the Pokeball to get Mewtwo in the game. It was Mew. Mewtwo. Mew, that's the one. Just Mew. to clarify, yeah. Um, they did announce two other version exclusives that are also Dragon types, but I don't remember what they are. Uh, the They are uh, Gumi and uh, yes. Dino. Yeah, Dino is in... Um, Sword, and Gumi Sword. is in Shield. With Larvitar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and presumably you can get those by trading, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's like been the case since back in the day, right? Like, I'll give you a Vulpix for my Growlithe. Have either of these exclusive trainers and exclusive Pokemon changed either of your choices on which version you're going to get? No, no, no. I'm still getting Shield. I prefer Larvitar and Gumi in Shield, but I still want Sword, so I'll just trade with Steve. Why? Why do you want shit Sword? Is it because it's blue? Yeah. Yeah. It's the super arbitrary thing, but, like, whenever there's a, like, whenever I have to pick the version, I pick whichever one is more blue. Yeah, I know. So I was yeah. blue, I was silver, uh, sapphire, you know, so on and so forth. I just I just think Zachian with the sword in his mouth just looks so stupid <laughs> compared to the guy Compa- with Compared to a guy with shield. a shield for a neck. You see yeah, the shield for the neck so cool. That's ridiculous. Also, the first time we saw them, you were like, oh, man, it's so cool. He's got a sword. I know, and... but now you look at him and he's just like, "Why?" All, he, all they've done is he just shoved a sword in his mouth. Well, whatever. I like him. I still have to decide if I'm going to buy this dual steel book. I really don't know if I you want You absolutely are. You'll totally buy it. I feel like I should. Why don't you buy the mm-hmm. steel dual book and then get someone else from the Elite Pots team that's based in America? To give you the money for half of it and then send them the other version. I think what I'll probably do is buy it and then just give Sarah the other version. Yes. Probably what's going to happen. Do you have two Switches? Yeah. Yeah, I bought her one for her birthday. Do you think they're going to do a packaging thing, aren't they? For sure. Oh, and a a console exclusive? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. When they announce the uh, Switch Mini in the next few weeks. I'll probably buy the Sword and Shield Joy-Cons when they come out. What if it's a Switch Mini? And the Joy Cons are no. glued in. No, I don't. I don't need a Switch Mini. There's like literally no. It would make no sense for me to buy one. Right, but the the latest rumor seems to be that the Switch Mini is gonna have the speed boost as well. I think both models will because I think they're gonna switch from the Tegra yeah. model that they've got now. I don't. Mm-hmm. And no. if that's the case, I'm probably gonna get it because I never ever take the Joy Cons off my Switch. Yeah, but I don't want to. Oh, if know. the screen's no smaller and they've just attached the Joy Cons and they've reduced down the size of the bezels, and it's just a little bit nicer, that's probably the one. Because we going could for. we could be looking at 3DS, new 3DS for the Mini, mm-hmm. and then new yeah. 3DS XL for the Pro. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to talk more about it. I just I can't even think about that right now. I'm too focused on Pokemon, so we'll just we'll table that one. Uh, so if you if you want to look right in and let us know what you're thinking about Sword and Shield, uh, I'd love to hear from you because I have a lot of feelings about it right now, and I need someone to talk to. And you know, as as supportive as as you two guys are, this is some stuff you just don't understand. It's only you know, Pokemon, man. Calm down. It's only Pokemon. It's only it's only Zelda. It's only Pikmin. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> So if you do want to write in and let us know what you're thinking about Sword and Shield, maybe get your thoughts right on the air. There are a ton of ways you can get in touch. Uh, remember, you can hit us up at potscast at lootpots.com. That's P-O-T-S-C-A-S-T at lootpots.com. You can hit us up at lootpots wherever your social media is sold or join us over on our Discord channel. Uh, we're in there all the time. You can come to the Potscast channel and hit us with your questions there. Um, so yeah, plenty of ways you can get in touch and let us know what you're thinking. If you want to support the show, remember you can give us a like on your platform of choice, wherever you're listening to the show, give us a like, um, and share it. If you've got a friend out there in your life who, you know, enjoys Nintendo, enjoys Pokemon, wants 
some, uh, you know, some rousing conversation about it every week. Uh, let them know we're out here and you're enjoying what we're doing. And uh, hopefully they'll come become a pot's head too. Uh, and then the best way that you can support the show, of course, is to visit us over at patreon.com slash lootpots, where you can show your support uh, at the dollar level, uh, the $5 level, and get access to our exclusive Patreon show, uh, After Dark, where we talk about not video game stuff. On this week's show, Steve and I talked a little bit about uh, his new car, his trip to Berlin, and uh, my new band. So uh, if you want to hear about what we've got going on in our personal lives, hear us talk about everything from strawberries to politics, uh, you should go plump down your money. We think it's well worth your time. So uh, aside from that, we're on YouTube. We're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash loopots, youtube.com slash loopots. Find us on Twitter. Join us at loopots.com. Check out all the cool stuff we've got going on. We've got a lot more for you in these next couple weeks, uh, including our Mario Maker 2 streams and some Dream Daddy Let's Plays. So lots of stuff in the pipe. Uh, Keep your eyes peeled for Pixel Zelda video. I believe that's all the things I have left to plug. So we'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast. (laughs) 